Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and today we actually got to talk about modern warfare, because modern warfare means modern journalism, and there's good and bad with that, and I think we really need to talk about this. And what got me thinking about this was actually an article I recently read by Morgan Sun of TechCrunch, and here's what's going on, and obviously this relates to Israel, but we're tying Ukraine and essentially human history into this. Now, the world obviously is watching essentially what is the humanitarian crisis in Gaza unfold in real time, and a lot of it's coming through first-hand accounts documented, interestingly enough, on Snapchat. Now, Israel has retaliated against Hamas's October 7th attack. Obviously, that's that's a that was a huge and horrific day for Israel, uh, and they are really using force. Uh, basically, the Gaza Health Ministry at the moment is claiming 9,000 uh, dead total, uh, of which something like is three to 4,000 children in that number, possibly higher, and all of that, again, assuming those numbers are correct. Things shift in war zones, and we're going to be talking about why that may not necessarily be correct as well. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I just don't know. Now, the Committee to Protect Journalists has also reported that at least 30 journalists have been killed since Israel's bombardment started, and obviously the total blockade of the region began. Fortunately, we are now seeing uh, some people in Gaza, Palestinians, uh, being able to essentially trickle into Egypt, as Egypt has been slightly relaxing that border. But there's a lot of hotspots in the region right now, and it's just one of the most densely packed uh, populations in the world. So it is just... A bit of a meat grinder if you know if it's if it's just full out it's just absolutely just terrifying now journalists in gaza are also saying that without consistent access to things like food water and power it is basically becoming impossible to continue reporting especially that in real time as information continuously shifts we recently earlier today as i'm sitting here talking to you on friday uh, november 3rd uh, basically we were getting reports um again from gaza that an ambulance convoy had been bombed uh, by the israelis uh, and there is video that was put out uh, or i should say verified by reuters I do not know their verification process, but I did watch that video, and 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 so basically the claim is that the Israelis hit the ambulance convoy. And again, I'm not siding with anybody here. This is essentially what is being reported and all of that, but again, we have to take everything through a filter that we are going to be talking about. Now, amid calls for ceasefire, TikTok and Twitter, or X or whatever they're going to call themselves next week, those users have been urging followers to essentially go and, and look at the hotspots and devastation in Gaza using Snap, uh, Snap Maps, part of Snapchat, and that is displaying hotspots throughout northern Gaza since those airstrikes began by Israel in October. Now, you don't need an, uh, uh, an account to view Snap Map. I do not have Snapchat. I was able to see it on my desktop and look around the region, and for the record, it's not just Gaza. There are hotspots spots in Syria, uh, Lebanon, etc., etc. at the moment, this map is publicly accessible. Anybody can go there. Now, quote, Snapchats is a wealth, all caps, of real-time information as an, and is an important source for all journalists who aren't on the ground right now. That's according to some ex-user, uh, and I'm not, I, I-N-J, my darling, who posted that. I don't know why this individual is being, uh, I don't know this person. I, I didn't look this person up. I don't know why they're being quoted. Uh, and I also don't know if that statement is necessarily true. And this is the crux of the problem that we have. This is what got me thinking about this as I'm reading this with a very critical eye. And again, I'm not saying Morgan Sun of TikTok, or of, excuse me, of TechCrunch is making any of this up or any of these facts are wrong. 
but this is the problem that we have. Now, Snap did not provide TechCrunch with hard data, but it did confirm to TechCrunch that since October 7th, the company has seen a quote-unquote moderate increase in submissions to public stories from the Gaza area. The company also said that more people from around the world are viewing content from the region. That obviously makes sense. The entire world is watching this just god-awful situation unfold. Now, in the weeks since Israel's blockade of the territories, screen recordings of the map, which displays bright red hotspots throughout Gaza, is starting to be shared online. Now, Snap, ma snap Map, that is, I don't know why I can't say that properly, as, as some background context here, was first launched in 2017 as a location sharing feature that lets users see where their friends are posting stories from displayed on an interactive map. That alone to me is horrifying. I don't want anybody to know where I am unless I want them to know where I am, let alone my followers and friends that might be in the thousands that I don't know personally. Now, users can also share their content to the quote-unquote Our Story, which is a collaborative public archive of stories posted from popular locations, which are then displayed as hotspots on a heat map. Now, if many users are posting stories from around the same location, for example, the example given here, like a music festival, it starts to show up on a heat map, meaning the more people are putting it on Snap Map, uh, the, the more red it's going to get. Now, in the years since this map service was launched, it became an unexpected resource for keeping up with current events and highlighting political protests. So <clears throat> some more uh, examples closer to home here in the United States. The mass shooting, or I should say, following the mass shooting in Parkland, Florida in 2018, which was just an absolutely horrific uh, shooting, students were using that map to document and archive the nationwide classroom walkout, uh, basically demanding gun control or stricter gun control. Now, during the Black Lives Matters protest in 2020, Snapchat users were posting videos expressing solidarity and recording instances of police violence against protesters, and on and on and on. It's also not the first time, for the record, that Snap Map has been used to demonstrate disparity between Israeli cities and occupied Palestinian uh, territories accordingly, uh, apparently, apparently. Now, uh, in the May 21, 2021 court ruling to evict Palestinian families from Sheikh Jarrah prompted weeks of protests internationally and fighting between Hamas and Israel. On, their, on the heat map then, stories posted throughout Israel showed users washing their cars and celebrating their birthdays. Uh, you know, stories posted from Gaza documented a neighborhood, for example, reduced to rubble and all of that. Now, I understand, and, and this is where Morgan, son of TechCrunch, ends, and I actually really do enjoy her writing. I've, I've uh, or, yeah, her writing, I've, I've read quite a bit of her work. I've quoted her before here, um, you know, on this podcast slash video slash, you know, radio show, wherever I'm going to, you know, talk about this. But I think it's important to understand the context of what we are seeing here. War has a fog. War has disinformation. It is very difficult to get past confirmation bias to really understand facts. And what I mean by that is, here's what's going to happen. And here's what is happening. We have seen, for example, a hospital that was targeted and bombed, whether it was intentional or unintentional targeting, uh, essentially in Gaza. Now, what happened was Hamas uh, basically came out and said the Israelis essentially launched and blew up a hospital, killing hundreds of people. The Israelis came out and said, no, we have evidence that it was actually a, a, an adjunct terrorist group known as Palestinian uh, or Pal yeah, Palestinian Islamic Jihad that were firing rockets from a nearby graveyard. One of those must have gone astray and, and hit the hospital unless they intentionally did it. Who are you going to believe?
Now, if you're on the pro-Hamas, pro-Palestine uh, side, etc., etc., you're more inclined to believe Hamas. If you're on the Israeli side, you're more inclined to believe the Israelis. The United States government came out and said, yeah, well, we've also, you know, got evidence, whether it's satellites, drones, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that that rocket did come from inside Gaza. But again, if you're on the Palestinian side and the Americans are, are you know, with the Israelis, then you're not going to believe them. And on and on and on. War conflict has seen disinformation going back since the beginning of warfare whether you're intercepting you know written messages you know from the king or the general going to the king and you're inserting whatever you want from there and when the printing press came around obviously there was an explosion of misinformation and disinformation uh, whether it's to assuage a population whether it's to say hey the war is going great when it's really not i mean this is as old as time ukraine showed us that as well Deep fake audio, deep fake video, now artificial intelligence turning that up to 11. And so if you are looking at this from both a journalistic standpoint and an intelligence standpoint, can you actually trust Snap Map, Snap Map, or any other heat map like this or any other social media where we have seen disinformation run absolutely rampant on both sides? This is the problem that we face. And while I have no doubt that there are many people using Snapchat that are in Gaza or in these regions, because again, this is essentially, you know, one of the ways that the world communicates and they are adding to this in good faith to, to tell the world what it is. I have no doubt there are people on basically either side of this conflict that, that honestly want to get the truth out, whatever that truth is. Forget the moral implications, forget the logic of this, forget, forget the political stance. But there are going to be those that are going to abuse it. And that's usually those that are trying to dissuade in some way, shape, or form one side or the other. Meaning, what is stopping, let's say, Hamas from making it sound ten times worse than it actually is? What's the Israelis stopping the Israelis from saying, we're going ten times lighter than they actually are? We don't know. And so, as we are talking about these things, taking these things as gospel is a huge issue. That's why when the, the Gaza Health Ministry came out and said, you know, an ambulance was bombed and Reuters basically said, we've confirmed the video, that's great. But what's the context of that? I don't think, or I would hope that the Palestinians would not bomb their own thing. You know, is this an accident in Israel? Did they intentionally target this? I'm not making excuses. We've seen other cases where, you know, they bombed a refugee camp looking for Hamas. The Israelis pretty much confirmed that. So it's very important to understand that we take anything that we have to see here with a grain of salt. And I'm not saying these things didn't happen. I'm not saying they didn't unfold exactly as reported. What I'm saying is we don't know. And at some point, I understand we have to extend trust. But the question is, how do we extend trust? Do we extend trust because we believe one side or the other? Do we believe that one side has, has a better moral claim than the other? So we believe reporting that supports them, basically saying our side didn't do it or, or our side is less culpable in group out group mentality or do we look at both sides do we try to find out somewhere in the middle to say yeah okay the israelis are admitting they bombed x and the palestinians are saying this now maybe the casualties aren't 500 maybe they're 100 maybe they are 500 these are things that we are going to have a consistent problem with and it goes beyond this we're all bracing for impact for a 2024 election here in the United States and other elections around the globe where disinformation, artificial intelligence are going to be absolutely insane. 
And so these are things that we have to think about. My goal here is not to persuade you to join, you know, or repel the Palestinian or Israeli cause. You're going to believe what you're going to believe. I'm going to believe what I want to believe. That's not relevant to this conversation. What's relevant to this conversation here is that we have to understand that there are no innocents in war. We have to understand that we have to take information gathering and information intelligence with a grain of salt. We have to filter it ourselves to try to figure out that truth. And if that truth is not popular to our side, so be it. That's the way it has to be. We have to be able to actually admit our mistakes, admit our wrongs, learn from it, grow from it, chastise our side to help them improve, whatever that is. And so take that for what it's worth. I'm not going to persuade you one way or the other on, on who to root for, if you can root for one side or the other. All I hope is that war ends, and I hope we live in peace. And that's not going to happen anytime soon as this continues to escalate, and I think that's a damn shame. And so with that, take it for what it's worth, and as you are watching and sharing and looking at all of these things, don't rush to judgment just because it favors your opinion. And there you go. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well, where I'm just trying to be honest 100% of the time. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.